Uh, so for communion, my son. Yeah. Has, I like communion. Yeah, pro too. <laughs> uh, my son has chosen to do communion in his own way. Yeah, how does how does He's, he do it? Yeah, three now. He he just opens his mouth for <laughs> you <laughs> to just place the, the the bread right on in. Very old school Catholic of him. Yes, but this last Sunday he escalated. Yeah, what was this? <laughs> well, he went to uh, Pastor Cassandra uh-huh. and opened his mouth, and she did not know what to do. Right, because who does in right. that scenario? <laughs> We're not trained for this. Yeah. <laughs> So she just held it up, and so he reached down and grabbed her hand and guided her hand to his mouth. <laughs> I know the solution to this. Right. Uh, right. It's really just works. there for the emotional support of communion. Yes. But, uh, Couldn't just grab the bread. You no. Know, but no. He no, wanted no. that connection. Does yeah. he do this in other phases of no, life? No. We've yeah. never fed him before. You don't hand feed him. No, yeah. We don't hand feed him. He has a bowl on the ground. You know. On the ground? <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Beyond Sunday podcast. We're exploring how to take our faith beyond Sunday morning. This is Patrick Nazarov with me as always. Pastor David Bowser. How are we doing, Patrick? Great. And Elise McCarter. Still here. Still pretty successful. Okay. Whew. Yeah. We made it through the intro. <laughs> we did. <laughs> and through a, an election. That's right. And an election. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... We are less than 24 hours post-election here yeah. as of as of recording. Yeah, it's still a lot. Uh, as of recording, Who a knows? lot of seats out there. We don't know what's happening. Still up in the air. Yep. Unsure of where things will be. We're also not a political podcast, so we yeah. don't know. Wait, it's, I don't know. It's, yeah. <laughs> some people won. Some people are probably losing. Right. I don't know. <laughs> we probably have opinions about all of it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> probably unformed. Right. <laughs> or, uh, you know, based off of, you know. Kind of our, you know, whatever, nothings. Right. Our nothings. <laughs> our <What>? nothings. <laughs> our amusings. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, oh. I'm not without opinions. Let's be clear. Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. So, well I hope formed. you, um, as a person, in are enjoying whoever got you elected. As a person. And <laughs> what is not, happening here? I don't know. No, you're, you're doing great. I hope, I hope the election, you're excited about it one way or the other. And if you're not, God is in control no matter what. Yeah. So, and if you're I like, excited. I liked what you said. You said this in the prayer uh, during our staff meeting yesterday yeah. that you, uh, Something along the lines of hope for the people who feel hopeless and hope for the people, for the people who are excited because all of it is found in God. That oh, was the, that was the way better than yeah. what you just said. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was really lovely. Yeah, that's why I, I like quoted that. him to himself. Yeah. To remind, that was was like, good. Well this done. is what you meant to say. <laughs> and we're done with election speak. Sun. <laughs> sun was up very early this morning, and then right when one went Your to bed. Your son or the sunrise? My son. Oh, and okay. then right when sunrise li- also because you know, saving change. Right when the little one went to bed, the the big one woke up. There it so, is. Like, it was Nailed it. Really exciting. Mm. Yeah. Good work. Good right. teamwork on the uh, Nazareth kids. Let's get to that. our news story. Oh, wait. Sorry. Before, I got <laughs> to see the uh, eclipse the other day. You guys were probably asleep. The what? There was a total lunar eclipse. Oh. And yeah, while well, I was on my run early the other morning, I got to see Brag. the total lunar eclipse. I, it was yeah, great. It was really, it was really cool. That. Uh, it was more about the uh, eclipse. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Early just morning gotta, run. Just got to sneak that on there. Right. <laughs> Fine. That is pretty I cool. Was, yeah, it was. It was yeah, really cool. That, that's, yeah. I had never seen a total lunar eclipse before. It was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Uh, have you seen a subway before? Yeah. Segway. Wait. Which kind? <laughs> sandwich. Sandwich. <laughs> yes. Sandwich, yes. I'm We've talked about, I've seen the other kind too, yeah. We have talked about Subway. A number of times. On this podcast. Friends of the podcast. Friends Friend, of the podcast. I'm not Subway. sure they would be friends. Frenemies? <laughs> mm. <laughs> Are we... Uh, we talked about that their, their bread is actually cake. Right. In Ireland, not right. not in the in United Ireland, States. Yeah, they said okay. their bread is cake. Uh, did we talk about how their seafood has no seafood in it? We did. We mentioned that. I don't think it was a full <laughs> article. Yeah, that did get a, a shout out, if you will. Okay. Well, we got Elise one. has an affinity for their seafood, if I recall. I, not their seafood. Oh, I thought it was the Just tuna. Their sandwich. No. Oh, I thought it was the tuna. tuna. Okay. No. Well, nor but should you, because no. it's neither tuna nor. 
I just like their sandwiches, okay? This yeah. is my That's pregnancy no cuisine of choice. No judgment. Okay. I'm known to like a occasional spicy Italian. Yeah, I mean, I've, e- I've certainly eaten at Subway. <laughs> yeah, <Okay>. Subway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a spicy meatball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten at Subway, you know, a couple times in my life. So yep. It happens. Oh, happened. Yeah. It happens. Let's see. I think the last time was coming back from Big Bend. Wow. So, yeah, okay. there's not very many options. There's Yeah, very few route. options. Yeah. Also, you like Long John Silvers, so I the don't last time, I've, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, it's man, I could go like for some hush puppies right now. Oh right? my yeah. god, let's go! All right, we're back. We just <laughs> went to Long John Silvers, and it was delicious. <laughs> don't talk to me. <laughs> right. I'm still new here. I still don't have any hush puppies. All right. Well, anyway, so have you've, uh, I'm sure you've flown on a plane, right? Uh, we've all been there. What? Flown on a plane? <laughs> flown on a plane? Yes, I have flown on a plane. Occasionally known to do Wait, so. Wait, please, dear God, Subway's not going to start serving food on a plane, no, are no, they? No, okay. no, no, no. <laughs> that would be an improvement. But have you been... Do have you want the whole plane to smell like a Subway? Yes, I like Subway. <laughs> yeah, but do you want to smell like a Subway? It's better than what it smells like... On a plane? Yeah. All right, well. um, have you ever been stuck in the middle seat Sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Me Usually too. next to one of my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst <laughs> you don't make them take the middle seat no because i'm the buffer between them and the other human being that's on the aisle seat. right or uh-huh. like if the window breaks and somebody's getting sucked out the window <laughs> kid first yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there'll be like a cork <laughs> <laughs> you're the perfect size right. sophia you're saving the population right i'm so right. proud so uh <laughs> obviously you know being in the middle seat that's the worst seat we all yeah, agree yes. nobody yeah, wants no the doubt. middle nobody seat wants nobody wants it it's terrible uh especially when uh the people on either side are strangers right yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the no, word. and if they're mm-hmm. talkative, that's even worse. What if you're the person in the middle seat and you're talkative? I'm not. I mean, you're just an agent <laughs> of chaos. <laughs> that is certainly not me. No. <laughs> it's, yeah, that, uh, nobody likes that. So um, for National Sandwich Day, Subway is giving 10,000 sandwiches to people stuck in the middle seat wow. on planes. When is like National it. Sandwich Day? If you're sandwiched into the middle seat, <laughs> uh, they're giving you... Um, Ten thousand uh, November tenth. So tomorrow. Has okay. We got time. Let's, yes. uh, you know, any tickets that we get right now are right. probably going to be middle seats. So right. we got time for this. Well, my husband's flying tomorrow. I'm almost positive he's not in a middle seat because he. <laughs> I think you had class. to submit by him, November fourth. So. Right. Yeah. Does a middle seat in first class count? If you're in like that middle section of first class in between the two other rows. <laughs> oh, like if your pod is in the yeah. middle. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Middle pod. Oh, Real yeah. Suffering. You yeah. Get, if you're beauty. staying in the middle pod. <laughs> You don't need or want Subway. Right. Just you can so probably afford your own sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. So sandwiched in the middle, you get a Subway sandwich. You got to upload a photo of yourself to their website, though. Oh. Of you stuck in the middle. I don't take photos of myself in the middle seat. I don't want to remember that. Yeah. For a free sandwich? <laughs> but you can delete the picture. You know? like it's, right. it's not like any photo you take is with you for the rest of your like life. Like Snapchat Subway. Like, <laughs> it disappears after 20 seconds. <laughs> I know if you screenshot it. <laughs> yeah, That picture of you in the middle seat out right. there forever. You don't know what Subway's right. doing with that. My kids might see this. <laughs> what if I run for office? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think uh, those people have suffered enough. Why, 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 why make, make them, them suffer it? more with a Subway sandwich? Oh, I don't know. They're not like forcing a Subway. This is, you know, hey, Subway by choice. Presumably yeah. you yeah. want Subway. If yeah. you're gonna. What, what, what would make the middle seat uh, more enjoyable? The window seat. <laughs> not, <yeah. laughs> the middle seat should be wider than the other two seats. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah, it yeah, should. So you should be... So you like, could just like really manspread. Like, I mean, or, yeah, or woman spread, whatever your preference is. Yeah. <laughs> The term is manspread, though. I, yeah, I got gotcha. you. For good reason. 
I agree. A little bit wider. That would yeah. certainly help. That'd be a nice touch. Any other, you know, things that would make you consider the window seat mm. or the middle seat over? You know, a lot of places are forcing you to pay for a carry-on now. Mm-hmm. Middle seat should get a free carry-on. Okay. Yep. I like it. Free carry-on and wider. Yep. Free carry-on, yep. wider. All right. I heard some some airline, I think, is giving, like, free flights to people who are willing to take a middle seat or something like that. Or, like, airline, like extra airline miles for a middle seat. Okay. I think. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's like These four hours of your life in agony for no. you get to have an additional four right. hours in agony. But to for go free. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I, our middle seat just cheaper, you know. Sure. Yeah. Knock yeah. Uh, 50 bucks off that middle seat price and it's mm-hmm. a little more okay. You right. Know? Especially yeah. if it's like you're flying with a friend. Yeah. You know, <clears> even if it's just like you get to choose it for free. Because like a lot of times it's like, oh, if you choose your seat, it's a $25 upgrade or whatever right. each direction. So choose the middle seat. It's free. Yeah, but like, what's the penalty for not choosing? You get the middle seat. So, like, you know. Yeah, but then I, I would take the middle seat over paying the extra money to choose an aisle seat. Right. Okay. Rather than charging me as if I'm going to sit on the aisle and then I get stuck in the middle. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Nice what you're saying. Which is also kind of what Spirit Airlines does. Yeah. So Spirit, I think yeah. I think we've just invented Spirit Airlines. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've heard about Spirit Airlines is its misery. It's, so. yeah. it's basically anarchy. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. There you go. <clears throat> um, so fly in a middle seat. Get yourself a sandwich. Um, well, by the time of recording, or the time this podcast goes out, this is it's over. over. This yeah. is you missed news. it. Next Sorry. year. Plan for next year's sandwich day. That's right. So so next year, we got to dress like a burrito for Halloween at Chipotle. Yes. And we got to be ready to fly in the middle seat on November 10th. Okay. All right. Yeah. Mark your calendars. Right, it's a big, it's Sunday a big month. Yeah. A big October month of getting some through. of getting free food. Right. I mean, you only have to buy a plane ticket. Free or discounted, <laughs> right. yeah. Right. To, to, buy, to get a $5 subway. That's right. <laughs> That's All right, let's, let's get to our, our main story. Okay. From our friends. Irrelevant. Ooh. Yay. Okay. Um, this is from Anna Glenn. Sorry, they're... Their choice of photo and font is is poor here for their Uh-oh. their headline. It's like white on white. So Ouch! It's it's tough to to read. Yeah. Uh, and she writes, uh, "Don't just serve service in quotes the poor." Okay. Mm-hmm. Don't just serve the poor in quotes. Yeah. Okay. That's a headline. That's a headline. Right. Yeah. So what? Are, you know, you you in? Uh, I am intrigued. <laughs> in okay, intrigued. Yeah. Not yeah. in. Uh, I would say tentatively I'm in, but I want to know what she has to say about it. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm never going to be as ready for any conversation as I was for the cult conversation, sure. but I'm So interested. if we're using that as the baseline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this falls slightly below. It's all downhill after I finally got to talk about cults. Right. It's, yeah. At least, it's, yeah, you had me at cults. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. But no, okay. You know, let's, I'll stick around. It's let's, fine. Let's see yeah. what you have to say here, Anna. Right. Anna Glenn. Let's see. Um, yeah. So, so, for her clarification here, mm-hmm. I don't want to serve the poor in the same ways that we as a church and a study have been serving for so many years. Woo. Okay. Okay. Frankly, it isn't working and it's not just hurting the poor. It's hurting all of us as the body of Christ. Okay. So we're not just saying like, don't just serve the poor. It. I believe we're going to get here to it. This is how we should serve the poor ah. or, or mm-hmm. serving the poor looks different than maybe you... Uh, think it does. So in the headline, perhaps the emphasis should be put on don't just serve the poor. Right. I don't yeah. think she's saying not to serve. I did read the article. It's <clears throat> yeah. not Brag. saying. I know. It's <laughs> 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 uh, not saying not to serve the poor. Yeah, yeah. It's more of a critique of how 
we serve the poor and what that means to us. Which, so I'll just say this. I don't know when she wrote this article. I'm assuming relatively recently. Mm-hmm. For those of us, at least in the, the mainline Protestant church, this is not like a new idea. Yeah. Like I, I think it's new-ish for a lot, a lot of people in the pews, so to speak. But like, you know, going back into when I was in college, uh, back in the mid 2000s and before that, right? This was an idea of like, hey, we shouldn't just be doing service the same way we've been doing it because it's causing mm-hmm. more harm than good and it's in perpetuating cycles of poverty and things yep. like that rather than um, living into accompaniment models and things like that that we will probably end up talking about here. So it's not necessarily like groundbreaking information, but I think it's still something that in our heads where we haven't quite flipped the switch to, right. to make that change, right? Like I know in my head that if I repaint my hallway, it will look better, but I haven't yet pulled the trigger to flip the switch and actually paint it. Mm-hmm. So I just deal with the fact that I have this ugly hallway. Right? Or flip the switch to off so you don't have to look at the hallway. Also an walk in the yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so she's going to, first we'll talk about charity. Mm-hmm. Typically when we think of serving the poor, we're going to think of charity. Yep. And mm-hmm. so uh, for her, that definition will be um, giving of material things such as money, food, or clothes uh, directly to poor, impoverished people or communities. Sure. So, mm-hmm. Um, so like all of the uh, Phillies won the World Series shirts that just got sent out to impoverished countries around the world. Correct. Because they didn't win the World Series. Right. Yeah. Oh. But they, they still had to have mm-hmm. those shirts ready to go. Yeah. yeah. yeah they had to have them. in case. Yeah. And now they're gone. Consumerism. Yeah. Um, so charity. Free I mean, shirt. <laughs> and and I don't think we're going to get here. Charity in and of itself, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's sure. mm-hmm. a great thing. Um, but... Uh, it's easy, it's quick, it's a tangible way of sharing Christ's love, mm-hmm. uh, compassion for people who are experiencing difficult situations. Um, so you see a homeless person on the street, giving yeah. them a few bucks from your wallet is an act of charity. Yep. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. In mm-hmm. fact, I think yeah. many times it can be a really good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes we don't necessarily think about what can be done differently yeah. as well as this charity. Right. So she'll kind of bring up an example of like in a, Sometimes churches or Christians or, or communities will take those those Phillies World mm-hmm. Series shirts, dump them on a community, uh, typically in sub-Saharan Africa. Yeah. And what does that mean for local people there who make clothes, yep. mm-hmm. who are tailors and things like that? All of a sudden, there's a shipment. Here's a giant crate full of free shirts, and you're trying to sell clothes. And like, well, I'm going to go with the free shirt, mm-hmm. even if it has yeah. Phillies on it. Yeah. You know, Ooh. and so like that is a charity. It's good to have a person in a in a shirt or have clothing and have access to sure. that what they did not have previously yeah. but without thought behind it it may help destroy a local economy or mm-hmm. somebody's mm-hmm. business that they're trying to launch uh so we're saying and i think anna glenn here is saying we need to think more carefully about yeah. how we do charity yeah mm-hmm. i think there's really two main problems in the way that the church traditionally has approached charity right there's like the strings attached charity that's like mm-hmm. yeah we'll help you with this if mm-hmm. you sure. whatever it is come to church on sunday yeah listen get to this clean, message yeah you know whatever it is or there's the totally indiscriminate charity that really just exists to make you feel better mm-hmm. right to be like oh yeah we did a good thing look we just dumped five million phillies won the world series t-shirts on wherever it is yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean that's as very little for a place that's not helpful really it's yeah. just indiscriminate like bit here's the excess cost me nothing sure i don't want this philly shirt anyway <laughs> i'm gonna see how long at least to keep going <laughs> keep on going this. With yeah. this probably yeah. well for sure for yeah sure. yeah so um 
what she's going to say, what is often what is needed more is development rather than charity. Mm-hmm. So instead of, you know, just giving indiscriminately here, it's to develop something different and and to not just give, but to create in a sense. Mm-hmm. And she's going to expand on this with a couple of different bullet points. So if, we're, if you're a little like, I'm not sure I follow, sh- let's get there. Yeah, okay? bullet points are great for that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, development is about creating a system where everyone has the opportunity to work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we ha- I worked uh, with a group uh, in Haiti, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, called the Haitian Timon Foundation. One of their guiding principles is that they never have um, an American or a, a person that's traveling to Haiti, they never have us do a job that they could pay a Haitian to do. Hmm. Like, And so it, we don't, they don't go down to build a house right? because they would rather raise the money to employ people so that people right. in Haiti have a job to build a house. Right. right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's that kind of model. We want to raise up opportunities for people to work so that they right. have income beyond the time that we're working there together. Which is not to say that there aren't good places where you can go and build a house and partner. There are good ministries that do that too. But the, one of their principles is that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that, you know, this is part of, hey, let's invest in local economies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, support businesses, especially out there who are yeah. seeking to hire those on the fringes mm-hmm. uh, of society, whether mm-hmm. that's ex-cons, whether that's homeless, whether yep. that's or newly homeless mm-hmm. or newly homed from homeless, you know, so saying those are companies out there that, that hire these types of people that are hard to find jobs. I want to support them with my dollars, yeah. you know, and things like that. And that is a good way to kind of create a system where everybody has an opportunity to work. I think sometimes, you know, this idea of like, oh, there's a guy who's homeless, who's on the side of the road, McDonald's is hiring, why doesn't he just go there? Right. Is not this, everyone has the opportunity to work. Yeah, mentality. that's a that's a false, uh, there's a word for that. Yeah. It's one of the things, I don't remember what, what the exact di- or definition of that would be, but it's, it's a false narrative, basically. Yeah. For sure. We talked about the bootstraps narrative before, like sure. it's everybody pulls themselves up by their bootstraps, except everybody does not. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I mean, not everybody's like, boots come with straps, right? If not everybody re- has boots. <laughs> if you ran a McDonald's and a guy who is living on the street comes in and he looks and act, he looks and smells like he's been living on the street, would yeah. you be like, "Hey, grab that fry over there and start throw it in the in the fryer. Yeah. Let's cook up some meals for people." Yeah. No, you would not yeah. do that. Yeah. Because Only if that's part of your mission, I think, would you do that? If yeah. You have sure. to be really. And McDonald's um, is not. That's not that's part not, of the yeah, mission. Yeah. So it's saying like there's something that needs to take place in between those two steps right. that has to happen. That sometimes has to come from a different source yeah. versus just this guy figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so it's not that I don't think it's necessarily wrong for a fast food company to, to not want to hire somebody who is homeless and has no access to clean clothes or ability to shower. Yeah. You know, I don't think that's bad. They're working in food industries. Yeah. But there's, there's more steps involved. Sure. Which we're going to get into here at the end. Okay. So step one, invest in development. Yeah. Development treats the root causes of poverty alongside the symptoms okay mm-hmm. okay what do we think yeah so systemic issues that are, are leading people to poverty yeah 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 so like actually fixing the welfare system for example yeah okay yeah i think there's a lot of crossover in this discussion and like how we approach short-term missions mm-hmm. you know as a church mm-hmm. a lot i'm not saying that we do this i think we probably do this differently I've never been on a short-term mission trip with our church, so sure. I don't know. Uh, but a lot of mission trips are very much that we're going to go and we're going to have an experience and we're going to, you know, paint a school room somewhere right. or whatever it is for a week and then we leave. And that's that. Um, but is that development or is that 
charity? That's a fair question. I, I think it depends on what else the tri- like. I think that can be a really meaningful part of the process, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're doing that work in relationship with people that are in that community, right? So if you've got a, a group that comes in and paints this room, and while you're painting this room, you're having conversations with people who are going to be using that room, mm-hmm. right? I think that's a, a meaningful mm-hmm. way to do it, um, or or if you're able to somehow partner in another way, right? So there are ways to do that in a meaningful uh, relational capacity. Mm-hmm. We don't always do that, right? Not we exclusively. Lord, right. Lord of Life. I, Lord of Life gets it right all the time. Sure. Or, or, yeah, yeah. But like other churches. Like as a as a broad critique of yeah, like a no, church yeah. approach to Absolutely. to short term missions, I think that's yep. fair, right? Yeah, I, I think what's important about this is is the word alongside. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes um, it's easy to focus on one or the other, mm-hmm. and sometimes or it's easy to focus on one and uh, at it, not just at expense of focusing the other. Of saying like I do not want to focus on on. Uh, one of these things other the root causes mm-hmm. so i'll just focus on the symptoms or yeah. i do not want to focus on the symptoms so i'll only talk about the root causes meaning like i i don't want to deal with like the homeless directly in front of me it's easier to say well there's systems and places out there that they could go to and they would figure it out and that mm-hmm. would work but the person is right here in front of you yeah like fixing the system 10, 15 years from now does not solve sure. their direct issues and right. questions right now. But having uh, all we're doing is kind of like we're, we're focusing solely on what's right in front of us without a, a larger scope right. mm-hmm. attached to that um, kind of doesn't get us into fixing a problem. It may be, you know, solving the first issue, which is I'm hungry right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. I, th- I think if we put this in the, the old saying, right, you know, give a person the fish and they eat for a day teach them to fish and they eat for a lifetime, right? That's one piece of the story. But if you teach someone how to fish or you teach someone how to get a job, you also have to give them a fishing pole and make sure that they have access to a place where they can fish and a yeah. way to cook that fish, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of other pieces that come along with that that teaching to fish yeah. piece. And so I think sometimes <laughs> we give someone a fish and that's kind of that charity thing. Right. And sometimes we teach someone to fish and that makes us feel really good, but doesn't actually fix the system that's underlying or this, uh, what, how did she say it? The actual poverty disease as opposed to the symptoms like mm-hmm. teaching yeah. them to fish kind of fix the symptom or fixes a symptom but doesn't address the underlying causes of what's making them hungry right that they don't have a fishing pole right right yeah. all right uh point three. Oh, right <laughs> i forgot we weren't just making our own points sorry okay. continue yeah. development is a wise investment into people and their futures not just their current state yeah done mm-hmm. check yeah. i agree i think it you know we want to it's a long game, not a short one. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The goal is not give a homeless man a meal. It's give a homeless man, you know, an opportunity, a home. Mm-hmm. And that's that's much different than a, a much more complex. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, development frees people by breaking the chains of oppression. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Good. On yeah. board. Me too. I think this is, sounds great. Yeah. The only, like, I think I'm only critiquing this in my head because it feels like this is becoming a much broader scope than what most of us can do in our personal life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I cannot do this kind of development work on my own. Right. I have to partner with organizations or uh, groups, churches maybe that are in place to do that sort of work. Right. And so this really is not a call, like what she's describing as development can't as much be a call to me personally in my faith. It has to be on me to partner with organizations that can do this. Yes. Right. And so it's got to be a both and, I think, is where I'm mm-hmm. going to end up landing. But let's carry on for now. Yeah. yeah, and I think this is why ultimately, personally, I land on, I think, churches and government can work hand in hand to get these things done. Sure. That mm-hmm. they both have different 
different access to different resources mm -hmm. and different access to uh, different opportunities to do this. So leaving it solely up to one or the other, I think you're going to get a lessened effect. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think it, it can be it can be good for both to address this issue, yeah. issues of poverty and issues of homelessness and issues of um, oppression. Both can do that mm -hmm. uh, from their different venues and should be supporting one another as they do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, development asks what people need. Uh, mm -hmm. it, yeah, it doesn't assume and it values people and their voices at, and it recognizes their ideas and potentials not as not only equal but more valuable than yeah. our own. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is something known as uh, asset-based community development if yeah. you all are familiar with that at all. Um, but basically, rather than just coming in from the outside and saying, hey, I've got a solution to your problem. You come into the community and you gather the leaders from the community and you assess what assets do you have in here already right? and what strengths and, weak, or what strengths and weaknesses does the community identify and then you help them solve that problem. Like you come into a community and just assume, oh, they must need water and right. then you build them a well and then you find out, well, they had a well just on the other side that you had never seen before and they didn't need another well. Right. You know, we've just wasted uh, our time and our effort. Whereas if you go in and say, what do you need and what do you see as a problem? And they say, oh, well, we need to learn how to fish and yeah <laughs> sure because that's the metaphor in my head <laughs> and then you teach them how to fish next to their well that they already have right yeah yeah maybe I, their well is full of fish maybe can you have fish in a, in a well it's two problems at once <laughs> <laughs> two two fish with one pole right mixed metaphors that's yeah. what you get i think this one comes from a place where we don't Come from a place of why I want to ask what other people need or empathize how a person could end up in a situation where poverty or homelessness uh, or addiction kind of takes over kind of parts of their life and they have a trouble getting a break mm -hmm. from it. Because we assume that would not be me. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like I figured out how to avoid those pitfalls. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves and say like um, – Maybe I have the level of success or financial security because of some of my efforts and some things that were completely outside of my control. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. if my parent lost a job when I was 16 and I had to work, you know, 30 hours a week on top of going to school yeah. to help pay our, our, our rent, yeah. maybe I would be in a different place. Absolutely. Right. If, um, you know, if, if my wife got, cancer and we had to spend you know three hundred thousand dollars in medical bills it was just mm -hmm. plopped on our on our door and mm -hmm. a thing maybe we wouldn't have, to have a home anymore yeah or our child you know yeah. like those things would be outside of our control mm -hmm. and so i think it sometimes comes from a place of like i want to pretend that i made the right decisions and therefore i'm not in your boat right. and so therefore i know how to help you get out of it sure because i figured it out and not to say many of us did make maybe healthy or smart or good decisions, but I, all of us had things that were outside of our control that if if uh, if this one thing went wrong and instead of – and yeah. for us it went right, we would be maybe trapped by poverty or homelessness mm -hmm. sure. right alongside of it. Yeah, it's the, it's the assumption of ignorance on the per part of the person who is in a difficult spot, right? Yeah. right? They might not be there because they don't know how to get out. 
right? They might have the skills and uh, uh, abilities to get out. They don't have the resources. Yeah. You know, might yeah. be the problem. Or or maybe they've got the resources and they don't know how to use the resources, right? right. Um, but until you go in and actually work with the community and build that relationship and assess what do we actually have here and how can how can we partner with you? You know, again, how can we walk, walk alongside of you or accompany you in this process? That's what we're actually looking for. Because that's, that's what Jesus did too, right? Jesus didn't actually raise anybody up out of poverty but jesus walked alongside people and dealt with real life with them and Mm. yeah in fact jesus said you'll always have the poor with you just as a side note he did yep Mm -hmm. i don't think that's an excuse for i'm not saying it's an excuse i'm saying that jesus's main point wasn't just to say this person's not going to be poor anymore that wasn't why jesus came jesus came with a bigger purpose of caring for those people and walking alongside of those people in their real life every day yeah all right, and last point. Uh, development is about relationships, humbly working with people rather than for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is uh, great. Engaging um, you know, people as part of the process of this is, uh, you know, you don't just come to a place and are given something. You're, you're engaging part of this process. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts on our article here from Relevant? Yeah, I think... I think how we treat the people around us is largely shaped by how we have been treated by others. And so part of this work is breaking ourselves of those old habits and doing the really hard work of kind of evaluating ourselves. And like you said, Patrick, uh, reassessing how close we are to being in any of those situations, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not particularly close to finding myself living in a developing country without access to clean water, right? I'm not particularly close to that. I might not be that far away from, you know, a medical disaster that le- right. lands me without sure. a home, right? Or yeah. uh, or something like that. And so assessing my own frailty and fragileness or fragileness, as we say, getting closer to the Christmas sis- or season here. Um, fragile from a, a Christmas story. Yeah, I, got I haven't seen it. Oh my goodness, yeah. Elise. You know, Christmas movies are not my genre, so. I'm not saying it's a genre, it's a cultural icon. Nah. Anyway. Who uh, has the time? For cultural icons, yeah. <laughs> who's got the time? <laughs> uh, but, you know, so we have to assess our own frailty to remember our uh, ability to uh, be connect empathically to other people. Um, mm-hmm. You know, having wealth, having resources is not, is not inherently sinful mm-hmm. using right. those to protect ourselves and thinking that we just need to build up our own assets in order to uh, prevent it from, I don't know, being taken from someone else. Because if that, if I don't do this, there's not going to be enough for me. That is, that is sinful, yeah. right. As soon as we get into that mindset of if I share with someone else, there might not be enough for me. That's a scarcity mindset. That's sure. not the promise of God. It's not the gospel of Jesus. It's a it's a gospel of anxiety and fear, and that's not what we're yeah. about. And so taking that time to really assess ourselves and then say, yeah, how can I walk alongside of other people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because the gospel of Jesus is all about being in relationship with people. And um, how can we do that? In fact, uh, you know, I was at a meeting this morning um, with our local interfaith uh, group. And so there's like 65 congregations that are part of uh, Interfaith of the Woodlands. And this was a cluster of pastors from that group who were coming together to start thinking about how can we partner with Interfaith and uh, together as congregations to go into a particular community and build a relationship with that particular community so as to help build up resources so that they have um, the tools and the re- uh, access to the resources that they need to avoid needing to access the help that interfaith mm-hmm. offers, right? Um, they were describing it as like an upstream problem versus a downstream problem. Um, so if you have, if you're standing on the next or next to a river and you keep seeing people floating by drowning, mm-hmm. right? You go upstream and you discover, oh, well, they're jumping in the river up here where the water seems nice and calm. And they're getting sucked down by an undertow. And so right. until you fix the problem upstream, you're not going to be able to stop the people um, right. who are drowning downstream. And right now we're trying to address all this stuff that's happening downstream and rescuing people when 
they're getting evicted or when there's a power bill problem or something mm -hmm. like that? How do we go upstream and give them the resources they need um, to prevent them from getting into the water in the first place? So these conversations are happening and they're out there. And if you want to be a part of it, I'm sure that you can find communities that are doing it. Not all communities are doing it well right now. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about a community that's doing it well. Okay. Our community. What? <laughs> Houston. Houston, Texas. This is from the New York Times. They're our friends. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> our friends. <laughs> that's how they say it in New York. Right. That's, that's for the New Yorker. That's yes. right. Yeah. Uh, how Houston moved 25,000 people from the streets into homes of their own. Okay. The oh, nation's sorry. fourth largest city hasn't solved homelessness, but its remarkable progress has suge can suggest a way forward. All right. Good for us. Well, yeah. us adjacent. Right. Us adjacent. We're yeah. part of us. Yeah. yeah. I live in Harris County. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, but it's, you know. <laughs> still us adjacent. That's it's the same suburb. <laughs> yeah. um, so this is a very long article. And uh -huh. it is the New York Times. That's and, and yeah. we're not going to get into to all of this, but I think it's a really interesting article. I highly do. I highly recommend it. Um, I read it. It's it's really powerful. It has. Can I access it without a New York Times subscription? Um, yeah, I, I'm reading it for free. So. Cool, yeah. excellent. Yeah. That's what I, that's what I like to hear. Uh, and we're not going to go so deep into all this, yeah. but I do think we have some neat things. And okay. I found this um, based on a thread from another city in our. Oh, in okay. our state uh who <laughs> who shall remain nameless well, well they had dallas. recently it was dallas <laughs> outlawed panhandling uh-huh okay and like that was now against the law so and if you, you're if you're on the corner asking for money you could be arrested correct right helpful yeah. right and so this was like in reference to that i found this article yeah and i was like that's one city's solution to homelessness mm -hmm. and to yeah yeah or to a problem and now here's yeah sure alternative okay yeah, oftentimes we do see that, you know, cities uh, solution to homelessness is anti-homeless housing uh -huh. or anti-homeless uh, architecture. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. This would be like benches that you can't lay on. Mm -hmm. You go underneath a bridge and it's all like bumpy. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know, like, it's like the same kind of yeah. stuff you do for pigeons. Yep. Yeah. But and so people you make it uncomfortable. So yep. they don't yeah. want to be there. Yeah. So the goal is to not solve the problem of homelessness, mm -hmm. but to make being homeless here a yep. problem. Right. So you so want to go somewhere you else. You would go where it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so it's, it's not about fixing it. It's about making it somebody else's problem. Yeah. Um, and attached to that, oftentimes uh, over the last year, I've read, you know, churches or communities doing awesome things for the homeless and their communities and their neighborhoods like come down against it. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, you're feeding. Can't do that. You're feeding the homeless here. Can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oftentimes we have a NIMBY problem in America. Do you know what that stands for? I don't know NIMBY. Yeah. It stands for not in my backyard. Oh. oh. So it's not the Namby Pambies. It's, it's not the NIMBY. Namby. Right. NIMBY. <laughs> NIMBY. And Frequently that, said by the same people. <laughs> and that means, that means I'm for homeless yeah. services. Absolutely. The homeless should have services. As long as it's not, not here. in my backyard. But I pay yeah. an HOA fee, so I don't have yeah. to think about that. Mm -hmm. I'm for homeless housing. Yeah. As long as it's not in my backyard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same thing happens for uh, like special needs housing and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. So that that's kind of, you know, that NIMBY thing. So here's what Houston has done. Okay. Uh, they, uh, Mayor Turner uh, has worked with several different um, uh, organizations and, and um, nonprofits that deal okay. with homelessness to kind of connect them and streamline this process to move more than 25,000 homeless people directly into apartments and houses. Okay. Uh, and the overall majority of them have remained housed after two years. All right. So this um, has 
the number of people deemed homeless in the Houston region has been cut by 63% since 2011. All right? Okay. So That's impressive. 63% yeah. in 10 that's, years. That's so 10 good. years. That is yeah. awesome. That yeah. is a huge thing. So how they did that was to say housing first. They had a, yeah. a new model of housing has to come first. So we want people to get you know, off of maybe addiction, mm-hmm. mental health services, uh, opportunity for a new job. The first step is housing. Put them in a house, home first. House yep. first yep. is kind of how they, they did that. Not not a shelter. A not house. a shelter. Yeah. Right. A house. Yep. Their own place, permanent residence, mm-hmm. that's theirs, that they have access to year round. Not mm-hmm. like I've got to get there at three so mm-hmm. I can make sure I get in when the shelter opens at seven that right. night. Yep. You know, like that's that's the the model. Housing first. Yep. Not Not housing, period. So if you're like, I want people who are homeless and have addiction problems to get treatment and help, it's not like, well, we just put them in a home. We're like, bye. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. like it's, it's housing first. But housing first. Yeah. yeah. Step one, not step only. So, for example, here, one of the things, um, one of the things the federal government tracks is homeless veterans. Yeah, sure. And here in Houston, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, to get a homeless veteran into a house th- through programming would have taken 720 days on average oh. and had, they would have had to navigate 76 bureaucratic steps to get there. 720 days. That's two years, right? Am I doing that math right? Yeah, two yeah. years. Yeah. And 76 different steps to get there. So that's exhausting. I don't know if you've ever had to I'm deal tired thinking about with it. Like, yeah. steps like that. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Right. I mean, like to, to navigate and to maybe you don't quite understand, mm-hmm. right. you know, to figure all those things out. It might be much easier, you know, honestly, if you're in that situation, much easier to be like, what's the point? Yeah. Right. Why bother? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, if even if you're in a state of addiction, hoping for recovery, 720 days, 76 bureaucratic steps. Yeah. You know, a bottle is just much easier sure. right, at that point. So they have streamlined that process. So now the wait for housing is 32 days here in Houston. Okay. So still not great. But much better. Right. Yeah. So we went from two years to a month. Right. You know, so that is a a tremendous, you Mm -hmm. know, change. And, you know, this process and program and has to, you know, there's limitations. You know, not every person who's homeless can get into a home and not every person qualifies for this program who who maybe could benefit from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's 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 has been doing some incredible things. And um, uh, Mayor Turner here. Uh, is unveiling a hundred million plan through the mix of federal, state, county, and city funds to cut that homeless number in half by 2025. That's our goal: is to cut it back in half 2025. So we've cut it by 63 percent, and, and cut the, that the re- remaining 37 percent we want to cut in half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Do it. Yeah. Let's make it happen. So what I find fascinating here, as we're kind of doing this in the context of our conversation, is that. This is really a, a government entity, uh, very clearly, Merritt Turner, uh, pulling these uh, nonprofits together um, to address a lot of those development issues that our original author was uh, talking about, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't just throwing money at the problem. This isn't just saying, okay, well, here's a new suit. Go have a job interview. Good luck, right? right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really trying to address some of those systemic problems, but it's not a particularly faith-based move. Which, right. I, which I think is just interesting from our, our perspective and conversation that it's a, a government entity that's saying, okay, this is the work of um, our government institution to change these policies and to mm-hmm. make this, this happen. And so my question then is, what is our role as people of faith to come alongside that process? Because sure. it's also not enough for me 
Um, you know, I don't vote for Mayor Turner, but it's not enough for me to sit back and say, oh, see, I voted for the right guy. And right. now my hands are clean and I don't have to think about uh, the homeless ever again. Right. And you're welcome, Jesus. Right. That's that's also not enough. There's, right. you know, there's got to be a level of commitment for me personally, too. Well, one of the things that these people get is connection to a caseworker who's okay. there to do job training, uh, navigate the system of how to get either food help or you know, how to pay yeah. your bills, things mm-hmm. like that. And churches can step in for those things, either okay. through helping learn skills or having a home is not, having a house is not the same as having a home. Sure. That home will need to be furnished. You need plates. You mm-hmm. need uh, potentially internet access. You, mm-hmm. If you're going to apply for jobs, mm-hmm. that's how you do it now. Um, yeah. You're going to need all those different things to kind of have uh, at churches' disposals. They can help out with those, those types of things um, to help there. And it's also kind of an acknowledgement uh, here. One of the stats in this article from the New York Times: one in every fourteen Americans experiences homelessness at some point. Wow. Mm-hmm. So wow. that's a that's a, a shocking number. And for most of us, probably know more than fourteen people, yeah. and may not know anybody who's ever been homeless. Yeah. So right. that means it's disproportionately happening to people who probably don't live in your social structures yeah. mm-hmm. and things like that. And it's an acknowledgement that for most people who experience homelessness, it's a desired for short-term homelessness, right? Like yeah. they've lost yeah. their job, had a medical bill, had been kicked out of their rent, out of their places, they couldn't afford the rent anymore, and they just need help bouncing back into yeah. something like that. So this is not like one out of 14 people is, well, you living know, on this, it's chronic on homelessness. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like living on the street and it's now become like way of life or chronic addiction that's sure. led to homelessness. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's not just that. Or has mental health issues that are, you know, you can't just go get a job, right? yeah. you know, like when you have schizophrenia, you right. know, like that's just not how it's going to work. As we expand that, you know, as you're thinking about that, I bet more of us have people in our circles that have experienced homelessness than mm-hmm. we are aware of. Well, I'm I think sure. there, there's such a stigma of it that yeah. many people probably just don't talk about it. But I would guess that if you really did some digging and were really intrusive in your friends' lives right. and just gave up on all social boundaries and started yeah. prying and uh, whatnot, you would find that more of people that you know have experienced this at some yeah, point. I can yeah. think of multiple people off the top yeah. of my head that I know. Yeah. That's, I mean, not chronic homelessness. Right. But, but that, that experience of like, oh yeah, we were homeless for a week when I was in high school or, you know, mm-hmm. a month when I was in high school or right. whatever, you know, um, or I was in college and my, I don't know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, I think things happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. You're young and you're, you have to leave the dorm in May. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't get to move back in until August. So you've got June and July. You guys got to figure out yeah. to couch yeah. surf, you know, to do all those things. So you're kind of figuring out how yeah. to navigate that, that that process. Yeah. I went to school with somebody that it turned out was living in a tent in the woods because wow. uh, they couldn't afford mm-hmm. student housing of any kind. So, mm. yeah. yeah. So I think one of the things that we can do better is one, acknowledge that this problem exists and it exists even here in the woodlands mm-hmm. uh, in a very affluent part of the yeah. state of Texas, uh, you know, suburb of, of Houston and I think there are ways to address this, whether that's giving money directly to charities that do this or partnering together. I think, as you mentioned earlier, Pastor David is saying, like, this is a problem that's bigger than me. And so I need to find organizations or people to join together in uh, and and, in community for these things. And so sometimes that may mean volunteering or helping out at a local soup kitchen. Uh, If you need help finding one, I know many. Uh, There you go. In Houston. Well, there's some here, too. That's what I mean. Like. Yeah. If you're a listener that's not here. Yeah, if you're a listener yeah. in Houston. Yeah. One yeah. of our attendees is international. That's right. <laughs> Call Patrick and right. he'll find the, the local right. soup kitchen in Germany. Right. He's uh, yeah. all about it. Yeah. And I think uh, the last time 
I took our youth program down to the soup kitchen that I that I worked most frequently at in Houston. Mm-hmm. We got to see different that kind of different stages of homelessness there yeah. and kind yeah. of process with our kids. Some of these people have a job mm-hmm. and they do not have an apartment right now because their rates went up. Mm-hmm. And some of these people mm-hmm. have addictions and some of these people have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And they're all here getting this meal and getting their clothes washed and how to take care of each of them is a little bit different. Yeah. And it's a challenge. Yeah. So, yeah. but you know, just because you see a person here who has a cell phone doesn't mean they're they're cheating mm-hmm. the system right. to eat this tater tot casserole. Right. Like I mean, like <laughs> yeah. Like that's there's more going on than you may know. Yeah. Tater tot casserole. That's I mean, pretty good. Yeah, though. I'd, yeah. Go, I'd go after yeah. the tater tot. What's, uh, what's the address of? <laughs> 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 it's the Beacon. It's a really cool place. Can I get I, that? I yeah. All right. So I, I just wanted to brag on Houston. I think it's a really neat program. Mm-hmm. Um, Go H Town. That uh, also World Series champions. And yes. We haven't gotten to talk about that on the podcast either. There it is. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Sports ball reference. Did it. That's done. Yeah. Yep. yep. Said it. Said the Carry thing. Carry on. Uh, and and uh, there's some other cities like a uh, city in in Canada, Toronto, did a similar thing mm-hmm. where they just gave uh, you know a, a me- population of the homeless seventy five hundred dollars mm-hmm. to say. Here you go. Yeah, but Canadian dollars. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to give you this to figure out how to restart your life. Okay. And they said, not only did it, was it more effective than people in the system, it actually cost them less money. Sure. Just right. to give them money directly versus they were, you know, this portion of the population was costing the taxpayer $8,100 mm-hmm. um, every year. And so giving them 75000 well, yeah. $600. <clears throat> yeah. And so I know, sorry, before we finish. I wasn't going to finish. I was just going to say, like, on that same note of, like, the cost, the yeah. conversation that I was having around that upstream-downstream thing, yeah. they shared a study that said it's 16 times more costly to rescue someone downstream from drowning than it is to just stop them from jumping yeah. in the water at right. the first point. And I think that's where we kind of get to, right? Like, that kind of, like, well, why should my money go to help out this homeless person, yeah. right? Like, not only, like, one, it actually saves our city money by yeah. doing this. Sure. Economics. Yeah. That's a good thing. So, and and... <laughs> And two, saving, saving money is a good yeah. thing. Yeah. We acknowledge whenever you're driving and you see, you know, somebody belligerent or yeah. kind of mm-hmm. scary on the side of the road, you're like, I don't want that person there. Sure. Right. And so what's the solution? The solution is to send them into somebody else's neighborhood yeah. or, or to give them an, or to give them a home yeah. and to figure out how them take have steps appropriate resources for them to get to, yeah. better, yeah. Uh, whether that's a mental health or addiction issue or whether that's uh, they just need they just need some help bouncing back into mm-hmm. something better. Um, so to say like the cost is too high to keep this homeless person on the street and the cost is too high to put them into a home. Mm-hmm. Well then maybe the cost is, maybe the issue is you then yeah. at that right. point. If, if, if both those costs are too high, then maybe it's your heart that needs changing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Tough words. Right. I mean, I'm on board, but oof. oof, oof. I will say this though. If you're experiencing homelessness in Canada, man, Go somewhere else. That's, that's cold. Too cold, that's to, be too cold to be homeless. Yeah. <laughs> too hot to be homeless down here. Yeah, right. Where do you go? Uh, like Kansas. California. Midground. San Diego. Yeah. San Diego. <laughs> that's it. I believe uh, there's summer a, year round. There's a city in Kentucky. That's my backup plan if there's a nuclear oh. war. Uh, you ha- wait. Hold on. Or like a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> you have a backup why plan. Kentucky? Because why uh, do you have a backup plan? <laughs> because so why Kentucky? <laughs> there's only ten days of the year where it's below thirty-two or over ninety. Oh, so that's like you've done some research. I have, yeah. Like, what's yeah. the best weather? I'm a little concerned at how much thought you put into this. I googled it. How oh, much? What? How much time do you spend Very coming little. up with backup plans well, for I the have, zombie apocalypse? I have sort of a backup plan as well. What? So, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> somewhere coastal, so I can live off of the sea. What? That's the first place the zombies are going to go. Are you kidding me? The water? Yeah. Zombies don't like water. Zombies love water. I don't know what I'm doing in that sea. 
I can snorkel for a long time. I can get away from a zombie. Zombies can swim. What? Zombie, zombie sh- movies have you been watching? They don't have to breathe. They're already undead. I don't think they're coordinated enough. To I don't snorkel. think you could snorkel that long. <laughs> <Like a> float. <laughs> you got, you're gonna 28 f- days, right? <laughs> <laughs> and also uh, zombie sharks. So oh, zombie sharks. Yeah, you don't want to get a zombie sharks. shark. Yeah, that's a good point. Undead sharks. All right. yeah. I think we've devolved. Uh, yeah, nah. a little while ago. Uh, once we once we talk about zombie sharks, that's where <laughs> it ends. All right. Well, hey, if you enjoyed this episode of Beyond Sunday, be sure to check out all of our episodes at beyondsundaypodcast.com or send us an email with your thoughts on how uh, we can be doing accompaniment and uh, charity better or how you've done it in your own life. We'd love to hear those stories, too. Um, you can send that to beyondsundaypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with more Beyond Sunday.